It's Sunday night at 10 o'clock, and uh, this is the latest. Good luck with boys, the dogs. Um, we're going to be live in about five minutes or so, as you can hear. So go in. Here the walk is actually We got to do around the uh, so, yeah, a little bit to show the back, which it looks like it's going to be, and then we get ourselves while it's back on the air, we watch our six minutes worth, and then we live back on the air, and that's what the hell we I'm just here with a little live, and it is uh, still a while we won't say Fuck it. Live. Introducing the all-new, totally redesigned Hyundai Tucson, the official face product. AT&T and DirecTV are now one, which means you can watch movies while you're... So you're probably me now a little bit. Uh, just bear with me. We are live. We are on the air. We're going to uh, catch the last six minutes of Fear Walking Dead. It's going a little bit over entertainment. So, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Um, we are going to be dealing with weirdness while the show's going. This is what you get for doing a live show. So we will be back in a few minutes. All right, Ron, you there? I don't know if you're unmuted yet. Uh, so, folks, welcome. I'm here. All right, excellent. Uh, welcome back to Fear of the Walking Fanboys. Uh, this is the show that's going live right after the end of Fear of the Walking Dead, which just wrapped up. Uh, I'm Brett, and joining me I am doing fantastic this evening. Yourself? Sure. I'm doing pretty good. Um, well, you know, people kind of have ragged on the, sh- the first two episodes of the show saying that it hasn't been uh, too exciting. I really don't think they can say that uh, anymore with this episode, which seemed to have mixed uh, a little bit of the excitement, a lot of it, uh, a lot of tension, and at the same time, uh, a lot of foreshadowing um, throughout. So what do you think of the third episode? Um, yeah. So let's kick it off with just that. I mean, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was great. I thought that, we, you know, everybody that's been uh, sort of like itching to see uh, a little more action got that. We started to see like really not just like some eyes of zombies and, and you know, the principal just sort of wandering and, and whatnot. You know, we got that suspense. We got that fear. We got to see the neighbor eat the dog. You know, there was a lot more going on in that respect. We started to, we also quelled any fears that people had that it was going to turn into uh, Walking Dead uh, season one, where the, uh, you know, everybody was trying to find one another. And that really got quelled and everybody's together now. What I think that we, like, again, I feel like this is really uh, speeding rapidly into, uh, like, what I what I'm expecting is compared to like really long and drawn out. I mean, we already have the military. Um, we, we're already starting to see the building of a uh, a group 
whether it be the final group that happens after, you know, all of uh, society finally fails. Um, but we're starting to see that. And I think we're starting to get some really interesting characters. And, you know, I think it's a testament to, to what we were talking about last week, Brett, uh, when we had our week off and hopefully some people were listening, you know, cause we made some predictions and, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head as to Daniel being the really interesting character. I, I noted like at least a half a dozen like notable quotes that he was spewing off. And then, you know, I remember, predicting that like you know how soon were we going to get the military because i feel it's coming soon and sure enough here we are because the the military is moving in so i think that like you know i really liked how this episode shapes up and you know we're already halfway through the season so it'll be interesting to see where the end of this season goes i mean are we going to fast track into really the downfall of society right away since we're already at the military intervention uh within a couple of days like since the season's starting so what were your thoughts uh, yeah, I, to me, this was one of those episodes, um, it it shocked me in how much it brought together, how quickly it brought things together. Um, that, I think, was the, kind of the first and foremost thing. I, you know, I really thought this season, rest of the season, was going to be kind of the two families coming together, which would have had me rolling my eyes, but, you know, fuck it, they did it in, like, half an episode. Um, so, to me, that was that's really, really fantastic. Um, how the two groups are kind of blending together has been really interesting, and yeah, I mean, absolutely, Sal- Salazar is quickly kind of coming out as the as the leader, or not the leader, but kind of the um, I would say almost the Dale of the group, and um, or mixed with Rick at some points. Um, and then from there, it's just interesting of how they're dealing with anything. I, I think the the most fascinating thing overall for me was whereas The Walking Dead is a zombie you know show. Um, this had much more uh, about the um, the horror aspects. Like it really felt like a horror film, um, more so just because you're also dealing with one individual at a time. And horror films also seems to do really well with some of them mixing the mundane with the actual uh, horror aspects. So uh, to me, it's just again very similar, very or not similar, but very familiar. But, um, like, just a completely different tone than uh, The Walking Dead, which I think was, is really setting the series apart. Um, and, I mean, I could go on the whole uh, the horror aspect and the um, symbolism throughout, um, which could be, I mean, we could probably do an entire friggin' show on just that. <laughs> but overall... Well, what, what, uh, what key symbols did you see that were, uh, that were air apparent during this episode? So, um, I think the, some of the fun ones, there's, of course, a lot of foreshadowing of people just getting off, um, yep. which, you know, I think our, our list from last episode of who's likely to die first is probably pretty freaking solid. Um, yep. The one that really sticks out in my mind, and it comes from, um, there's a, a, a horror movie called Behind the Mask, which was kind of a spoof, but it goes into, like, a lot of the tropes and, um, you know, theme, thematic stuff that you see in horror films a lot. Um, the one that really stuck out on my mind, and, and behind the mask, they're talking about the the idea and the picture of the woman running down the like cornfield or like the the narrow passage stuff like that, and it's talking about how it's almost like a rebirth, and you're going out like being born into the world, and the way they do it in behind the mask is really fucking funny. Um, highly recommend the film. But there's the the in this, there's them going through kind of this narrow passage to kind of exit and save themselves. I thought really reminded me of that. Um, scene that we see time and time again in horror films. Um, so there's definitely some, I think, some symbolism there as to 
um, them kind of going through the tunnel and being like reborn on the other side. Um, I'm probably reading too much into it, and there, but then again, <laughs> there might be some English major who has decided to give some thought into the script and symbolism. So uh, who, who knows on that? I'm sure I'm reading way too much into it, but it reminded me a lot of that scene behind the mask and their discussion about um, um, that scene we've seen a million times in horror films and it being the birthing uh, aspect of the film. That's actually, I think, a great point, and I think that, you know, you may be reading into it too much, but I don't think so. I think that, like, I'll give, you know, I'll give the writers and the executive producers sort of the benefit of the doubt in the sense that, like, you know, they're thinking that way. Let's keep in mind that we have uh, a seasoned amount of people when it comes to, like, you know, the writing as well as the... uh, the, the makeup artistry and and all of that thought that they've been doing this for 20, 30 years, specifically about horror and zombies. So I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't doubt if there's some homage to things that they've done and things about the genre. Uh, so I, I think that that's, I think that's well, uh, you know, placed and, and I think your thoughts are well with it. Now uh, I had a question in regards to, you know, let's, let's get it on the table now since, you know, we've already mentioned it, but like Daniel, he's really started. I mean, we mentioned in our last show, you know, how Ruben Blades was really going to, we, we just had this gut feeling, even though he had like five lines in the second episode as to like what he was going to be. And, you know, I had jotted down, I've got five quotes here that I probably missed a couple as well, where I was just like, that is just, you know, not you know, I don't want to like say stunning writing and maybe it's even over the top, but they were very quotable quotes that were going on in this episode that I was sitting there going, man, you know, between the character, he's starting to portray the strength of the character, whether it be ill-willed or willed um, is, is great. Uh, Especially when, you know, I, I still think that probably a lot of us are are sitting there getting frustrated. There were so, so many, like, you know, the still learnings I was calling them about like how many doors were still left open you know, they're still thinking, like, about the infection. You know, they're worried about the blood falling out. You know, like, all of these things that we've already learned where we're getting frustrated and Travis won't kill his neighbor and stuff like that or learn how to use a gun. It's just like, you know, you got this Daniel that sort of have his, has his eyes wide open, um, and it, it makes it interesting. You know, what what are your thoughts on, on Daniel as a character, and, and did you notice anything that just really uh, struck a chord with you? Um, the thing that's, I think, really interesting is that he has the practicality that I think a lot of people like about Rick and Dale, so that's why I'm thinking that he's kind of almost a blending of the two characters, um, that it's just very much like we're dealing with Travis and the Clarks, but we're dealing with them because, you know, uh, they owe us one because we saved them. Um, and as soon as this is all done, like, we're getting the hell out of Dodge. Like, he seems to be very practical in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is there's clearly something going on. They're talking about, like, the the family and his connections, and it, it seems like there's more in his history that we know, and he seems very mm-hmm. comfortable with the shotgun. Let's go with that. Um, yeah. So clearly he knows his way around guns because he was giving a lot of freaking detail. So I think we're going to find something out about his history. Um, you know, obviously he's an immigrant, um, and I think they said what El Salvador. Yeah, uh, I think it was El Salvador. Yeah. So I think we'll find out something to do with that. 
um, seems to be a bit he he's very wise. Go with that, and uh, at the same time, uh, you can tell that he's got sweet intelligence about it all. It's not just like a um, he's just not smart, not just smart, but he's, there's a street smart about him. It's gonna be really interesting. I think we're gonna learn a lot about him. There's gonna be a good. I think. I wonder, you know, I, and I'm wondering, like, with his backstory, because I think I, I agree with that, and I agree that I think that there's more characters we're going to get backstories of. I mean, we've got a question as to, you know, is is Travis really just anti-guns, or did something happen in the past? We have to question about Madison and, like, her, you know, her husband or whomever was there, because if you remember, the kids were like, oh, we've been through this before, where, you know, dad never shows back up. And it's, they, I mean, they didn't say that. I'm assuming it's the father, but... You know, like, we've been through this before. So I, I think that there's a lot that's foreshadowing about the things that had occurred in the past. And the one thing I like about Daniel, and, I, you know, you struck a chord with me when you mentioned it, is, like, you know, what has he been through before? Because he seems like he's almost seasoned. I mean, he didn't go for a shot to the gut. He shot at the face first, which none of the other people have been doing. They've just been sort of trying to kill them, and he goes for a shot didn't quite get Peter, the neighbor, and then he gets him. And, again, for anybody who's listening out there, I apologize if you're sort of, like, not watching the show or hasn't gotten there yet. Um, there will be spoilers in the show as oh, we yeah. analyze the, the last show. So um, sorry to let you know what happened to Peter um, and the dog. But, uh, you know, the thing, like, the quotes that I have here that, like, are indicative of what you're saying, and I almost wonder, like, you know, we already know that this – we, we know that, like, this must have been going on for a few months, a couple of months at least, uh, before it's gotten to this tipping point uh, where the series is right now. But, you know, like, he's, you know, good people are the first ones to die was one of his quotes. And then, like, right at the end, it's already too late. And, you know, calling calling them weak for not killing Susan. I mean, you know, I, I think that, like, you know, most people in their right mind, you know, who haven't seen The Walking Dead, who are still in that discovery phase may or may not want to kill Susan. So I could see both sides as much as I'm screaming at the thing. Just kill the neighbor. I mean, come on now. You know, but, he, you know, Daniel's just right out going, you're weak, you should have killed her. You know, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's crazy that way. That Like, it's almost like not only has he seen things in the past, but it's, you know, how much of this has he seen in the past? Because he, he just seems like, even like I'm, I'm watching like the replay uh, on mute right now, and they're going past the hospital right now, and he mm-hmm. flat out says all the hospitals are going to be that way. How the hell would you know that? Like, I mean, you sort of can assume, but this guy definitely has, like like you said, either a street sense or an inert sense, or like you had even mentioned, did he see something like this before? You know, is this, like, just happening in the, the, the first world? Was this, like, something, you know, coming from the third world, you know, that eventually like spread like a pandemic across the, the world who knows um but i just wanted to agree with you on that i don't know if you have any you know follow-up thoughts on that well that's a good question i I kind of picked up on that too like there's a couple things that he said that i think really interesting is one he went for you know the face shot so he knew exactly what to do the he clearly knows the whole the hospitals are going to be fucked up um he says burn the body so um you don't get infected he seems to know a lot uh, about yeah. things, so it almost makes me think that he's seen something similar to this. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It feels like, like it feels like he's seen something—not just something, but something very similar. So, 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see where the next three episodes go, and especially since they now, with the military coming in, they're sort of tied together, especially after Travis just sort of like, and I think Travis did it like to be a good guy to say that they're all part of the same family. They just happen to have like 12 people underneath the one roof there. So, you know, now they're sort of like intrinsically tied, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and how tied they're going to be together now with the military yep. coming in. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. Um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it, there there is something to say with uh, having numbers as far as protections uh, from yep. things. Yep. And, and you yep. know, like, it, it, oops, sorry, you got a point? No, 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 no go ahead. No, I was I I, did, I didn't want to fall off the Daniel point, but I knew it was like sort of tied, so I wanted to bring in some of the other characters as well. That like you know even like you know I love the 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 point where Daniel's teaching Chris about guns, and then we learn about Travis either being a pacifist or whatnot. But like Madison being the one that's like, oh yeah, I said it was okay. So and you know she's standing there trying to get up her gumption to kill Susan because she's convinced he, she's already dead. You know where I was sitting there going just how about you feel her pulse? It's right there, her arm. Like, did you check that? You know, I was just like sitting there, like maybe it's, I'm oversimplifying it because they probably don't want to touch about somebody that's come down with whatever infection since nobody knows how it's spread or anything like that. Um, but I was like, well, you could at least just feel her pulse. And if it's not there, which it wouldn't be, then you can assume that she's dead and then you don't have any ill will about killing her. Um, but I, I thought that like sort of the, the deviation now, from who Travis is and and who Madison was, was interesting too. And the fact that like now Daniel's becoming sort of like in, in intertwined with that. So I thought that was an interesting portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, how the two are going to blend, I think is really interesting. Um, yeah. Like it, I think the, 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 the big strife is going to come between them two, like the two families mm-hmm. And at some point, it's going to be Travis and Daniel butting heads. Like that's now that's where I kind of think things are going to go, and that's going to be the the grand um, conflicts in the next three episodes. Um, yeah. Them just not seeing the the direction or where things go, and I'm also convinced that it's going to be Daniel's wife is going to be the first to die. Um, Ophelia. Uh, yeah, I think it's Ophelia. Yeah, Ophelia. Ophelia. And I, and I think I, I think that one thing that's Yes. I think that one of the interesting things, too, is that I, I think you're right that that's going to be sort of like the the crux of, of the angst in the group. Because at first I was like, well, geez, you're going to have his his girlfriend and his, his ex-wife underneath the same roof. How interesting is that going to get? And they basically quell it right away when Madison's basically telling uh, the, his ex-wife, you know, yeah, make sure if this happens to me, you kill me, because I don't think Travis could do it. And sure enough, like, you know, you see him like, oh, no, you can't kill Susan and whatnot. So you're like, all right, you know, maybe they're going to be a little more in tune than, than we realize with the two wives there. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if I, if, if I think she's the first to go, but I think she's up there. But I think that she, you know, like they're setting it up that she has a talent of being a nurse, but, you know, Typically, you know, you're going to lose some of the people that, like, you want in that group in these shows. So I think that, like, you might be right that maybe by the end of this this season that you see, like, her fall away. I mean, and maybe it's a red herring that, like, you know, uh, Daniel's wife, if, if she falls away or not because of the broken leg. But to me, like, I'm sitting here going now without the drugs and without the doctors, 
a broken leg is as good as death at some point too, because there's going to be infection in that. So. Yeah. And you know, it's great. What I've liked to see, what I've liked seeing is this is answering a lot of our questions. A lot of the things that were brought up in, you know, just chatting, um, they're answering. So I mean, like last episode, we were talking about the hospitals, and we we're like, well, why aren't the hospitals like completely screwed up and and melted down? Well, we see they are. Like, when well, I drive by, there's like zombie coming out of the hospital, and there's a hell of a lot of military there. So clearly, there was a lot more at some point. Um, so that's an issue. Uh, we see the mundane happening of, like, you know, we we mentioned it before. People who might have, who are being alcoholics or drug addicts or whatever, some of them are going to die and eventually turn. It's going to be, uh, I think, a majority of the zombies that are going to exist aren't due to bites, as we're kind of learning. It's the mundane stuff. So I'm getting their leg uh, crushed and hurt and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of setting up a lot of the stuff that we have already discussed and wondered about, which I think is very, very interesting. And we're we're starting to see, I think, the the meltdown towards the end of the episode of technology itself. Like obviously the power is going yep. in and out, but you see the plane kind of like tilting and and obviously yeah. having issues right at the end. Um, not well, I, I don't want to. I, I was wondering with the plane episode since, and I'm not sure if everybody out there is is read about it or whatnot. Um, that that I have read in certain instances, is that there's going to be a one-off uh, of an episode uh, that. I guess getting the notoriety right now around the blogosphere that's called Zombies on a Plane. And I was wondering if that was going to be the Zombies on the Plane sort of like homage that like, oh man, that's a that's one of the planes that got like overrun and there's supposedly one person that survives uh, the crash from that. So I wasn't sure if that was like insinuating or hinting or if it was like you say, uh, you know, that's, it, it, you know, insinuating the technology has just gone completely awry. Because keep in mind, that's the second plane that we've seen one steady over the people's head when they were like in the street at some point, I think in the second episode. And now this one that sort of was like doing that crazy banking and whatnot that, that I, yeah. I almost imagined people were changing on the plane. Yeah. And I'm, I'm convinced that's what the, the situation is too, that, uh, that people were actually turning on the plane, which is a pretty freaking crazy thing. Um, I'm really shocked and, that Hollywood hasn't done a film yet like that. Yeah. You know, what's interesting that I have, especially like if you think about it, now, since we're on there, like since they have like autopilot, you know that that plane would fly like straight for like hours upon hours uh, with zombies on it, even if the entire plane got like overran. But uh, my my biggest point that I, I wanted to get to, which I think that my plane fell off the tracks or my train fell off the tracks, so to speak, uh, <laughs> was in the sense of the uh, the the infection itself, um, and I wanted to like delve and tap your brain, delve into this a little bit because of the fact that it's like, it's, it's happening so rapidly. I mean, I, 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 there's, there's an inference here, there and everywhere where you see sort of Patrick next door. He was coughing as he was trying to get away. He knew what was going on. He didn't think he was going to come down. But all of a sudden he's changed. He's eaten the across the street neighbors. Um, and then Susan, they sort of inferred cause there was like a, a, in the middle or the near the end of the episode, she sees the, uh, the pill bottle on like the dining room table, which inferred that maybe she was sick, went to the doctors, was taking some medicine. And now all of a sudden she's changed. One, you know, I'm, I'm almost wondering because we know sort of the, the mythos of the walking dead, um, you know, uh, through five seasons now that like, all right, either get bit and that changes you more rapidly than if you naturally die and change 
that everybody has it in them, yada, yada, yada. But I want to know, is it really like some type of airborne flu or what's going on where people seem to be like just dying? Like there's people that are just aren't getting bit that would have been perfectly healthy, maybe had a cold the day before, and now are just changing all over the place. Like I'm noticing this in the in the neighborhood where it's like, you know, just people are changing quickly. Like and, and like we had mentioned, like, you know, maybe it's the, uh, you know, we would expect this in the hospitals where a lot of people that just would die would change. But it seems like people are dying in droves to have this happen from what we would finger quote natural causes, which might be this virus. So I, I wasn't sure if you had any, like, further thoughts on that and, 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 you know, where, where the plot line could eventually go. Cause I think they're starting to get to that as to, yeah, this was really like some type of pandemic infection that is gone out of control and now it's changing things over. Yeah. So the Susan um, and the pill bottle opened up. I actually took it as um, her possibly committing suicide and overdosing. Oh. Hmm. That was kind All of right, my I, idea. I, I well, don't you also are macabre that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, maybe you got bit. Maybe, yeah. like, you see everything going to shit, and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to go. I, I mean, the, the point that I'm really thinking, and it kind of reminds me, of, again, I go to it 28 days later, because this really reminds me of that film, is there's the, um, there is a scene where there's, like, two dead bodies who have de- decomposed, and I don't, I think they both took pills, if I remember right. Um, I don't think it was like a gunshot thing. They just wound up taking pills and, and dying. And that's what kind of reminded me of. I'm, I'm wondering if that's the case. Or she could have been ill and it kind of, and like you said, it caught up to her. But the fact that the pill bottle was empty makes me think that she OD'd or took too many. Um, I, I, out of all that with the people getting sick, I think the weirdest thing is the guy taking the garbage out. Like nothing's going on. Like nothing's wrong. Nothing's weird. Yeah, uh, you know, I I noticed that too. It's like you know, you got big beefy Jim, the neighbor over there, pulling out his like his his gar- garbage too, and just like he looks, he doesn't look like scared or like like drawn like a lot of the people that we've seen. He's just like yo, you know, as he takes out his garbage for the morning, like nothing's gone on, and I, I was like sitting there going, so many of these neighbors like seem to have know what's going on. How the hell is he still like in his little world unless he was like. You know, he just drank a 12-pack and, like, woke up this morning like he would normally do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. You know, we've talked about that. There, there's obviously going to be a percent of the population that are saying, screw this, this isn't going on, um, it's all it's all made up, or it's not really as bad, and they're going to be kind of, like, pacified. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess that's what she represents. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, I... And I don't know what to think of it. Like, it, it's clearly there are still some people in denial. Mm-hmm. Um, military is obviously on board at this point. Um, the police are clearly on board at this point. Uh, it's the population that's not on board yet, but some people are. And I think that's kind of where we're, you know, that's where it's at society-wise, is that you've got the few that you know what's up. But um, generally, everyone else is just kind of doing their thing. Um, I mean, the right in the beginning, I think, is fascinating. You have a person literally eating a police officer, yet everyone's still, like, throwing Molotov cocktails around and burning shit. Um, yep. Just, again, showing a complete disconnect as to I, the reality. And, and I think that, 
and I think that was one of the scarier moments too, because we were having the discussion in in my house as we were we were discussed as we were watching this. Is like you know what would be more scary, the riot or the uh, the zombies themselves? And I think it's like I didn't know how to answer that because I think it's the combination of the two. Because you think about it, you know, you'd be trying to get the hell out, and you've got all these people rioting. And oh, by the way, you don't know which of them like are, are you know they all look like maniacs, and there's maniacs that want to like bite you. You know, it's just like it would be probably one of the most terrifying situations that you'd be doing. And then the fact that like I, I thought it was interesting, and this was one of my 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 uh, what the fuck moments is is you know the, what was the reality of his truck actually still being there, not completely like you know car bombed. And in one piece that they were able to drive away, it, but you know, I said, "All right, for the sake of the plot line." But that one felt like a little bit of a stretch since, like, we're walking, yeah. looking around, seeing like, like the exact war zone that's going on there right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, to me, that was the other thing. I was just like, the place is completely trashed. They open the door, and the yeah. guys are just like, smashy, smashy for the hell of it. Um, like yeah, they're not even painting yeah, anything. Yeah. Just like, I'm just gonna yeah. break glass with a bat. Um, I, I've never been through a riot. I don't know if that's what happens when the Lakers win, like the championship. But so, it, I was, it, I was sitting there going like, I was gonna say for folks who don't know, we both lived in Buffalo, so we don't know what it's like to have a winning sports team and having a riot. So, <laughs> I think that like Buffalo would be a bit polite. Like I think that like we actually. I'll be honest, I think it would be the exact opposite because I think we'd be absolutely drunk and hugging one another and yep. then um then then we'd be asleep the whole next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is probably true. And there'd be some people uh, having heart attacks from like snowing or you know shoveling snow at the same time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> much different breed. Much different breed of ra- of rioting. But uh yeah. but yeah, I I just thought it was hilarious like the the truck being there and then, you know, as much as like the the roads were like an absolute cluster, uh, the last episode, then he was able to actually like get not only from there to the hospital, which was an absolute war zone, literally, but then also get to the the, the house in in mm-hmm. in a rather efficient amount of time. I know that they were like impatiently waiting for him, but it, it seemed sort of you know I mean to keep the plot line moving and for as quickly as they they got back there that they did get back there in that quick uh, amount of time. I thought that was just sort of one of the plot points where I was like, eh, I don't know if it really would have been that relatively easy and that the car wouldn't have had sliced tires and had a, a, a Molotov cocktail in the driver's seat. Yeah. I think that was, that was my one thing. You know, the, the fact that the truck is completely fine without any issues. I, I don't know if I buy it. Um, they did show the motorcycles there, so maybe that was kind yeah. of a tip that, you know, not everything was gone to shit. Uh, but it, you know, not to be smashed or whatever. Like, I would think at least the windows would be smashed out. Um, yep. yeah, I mean, I fully well, he, expected the story to be them having to kind of overcome the car being trashed and to, to eventually get to, uh, to back home. But, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. I think it was yeah. maybe he's got those like uh, riot-proof windows. I mean, he did drive a an older vehicle, so that was probably back from like the '90s when like you know riots were all the thing. So he probably got those riot-proof windows just just in case something like this happens. Possibly, and there are tires <laughs> that do not uh, get destroyed if slashed, so yeah. there is that possibility. Obviously, I... that, that, that's, it's completely the plot line. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out what the hell this backyard is. Like, it's got a fucking maze? Yes! Like, yes, thank you. Like, we were talking about it here. I was like, who in their right mind builds a garden like that? What the hell is that? <laughs> you know, they hop down, and it's like, I sort of see the scaffolding, and it feels like a garden, but I'm like, dude, what is this? Does every neighbor have this out there? Like, I was just so confused. Maybe it's a suburban thing I just haven't seen yet. I don't know. Maybe it's an L.A. thing. I seriously thought, I was like, what the hell backyard is this? This is not normal. It, it, I mean, it's definitely, like, I can tell you from, from being out there uh, more than a few times that, like, you know, the the, uh, the the backyards are all pretty much like those those fence lines where it's, like, it's not a fence. It's actually, like, uh, cinder block walls. Um, but in that instance as well, uh I, I've never seen sort of like it, it, you know, it almost looked like the way they made it feel since, you know, we've gotten like a, a multitude of uh, ethnicities now that they were just like sort of like a, of an Asian ethnicity where she was growing a lot of like her own herbs and stuff in back. But it just felt so quirky as to how they had to like walk through this maze of whatever the hell was going on. Yeah, it's it was a little weird. Um, I'm not going to say it was like a weird setup that they were going with, but it was definitely odd. Yeah. I I'm going, you know, I don't know what to say in that. It's it's just, it's bizarre. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, as I'm watching this on, like, uh, on mute is, like, we're we're discussing now. We just got to the point where, like, she's trying to get away from Susan. And Susan seemed to be like she was in the the back of the house already. uh, And she had her slippers on. So I don't know, like, you know, it almost looks, looks like she sort of died in the back of the house somehow. Um, maybe it is the pills. I don't know. Cause the pill bottle being empty is interesting. It's not like, like one or two are left and it just sort of happens to be laying there empty. So you might have a point. I don't know, but it seems like, you know, I'll go back to like this infection thing and, and sit there and, and wonder, it just seems like everything is happening all at once in the sense that like, you know, I, I, I wonder if we're going to get back to it, especially like, you know, we we do know that Daniel has experienced stuff like that. I think that there was a part in the uh, the translation that uh, the wife even said that they've been through worse and and they're still alive. So I, you got to wonder what they've seen if they've seen something like this. And I I, I just have a feeling that like because you know as we know how infections go, especially things that turn pandemic like if there's always a ground zero, there's always like a you know a spreading, and you got to wonder if like you know, maybe it started and like, you know, like they, they always like, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. I think it was called Outbreak or whatnot, where like, you know, a monkey, rhesus monkey from the middle, all of a sudden is spreading Ebola all over the place. But it started in like those jungle areas. And if they're from like, you know, El Salvador, I think we were saying, which is a, a heavily tropical uh, Latin American area, you know, you, you got to wonder, all right, did they see something well before? And that was what made them migrate or, you know, who the hell knows? You know, I think it'll be interesting how they really play this out. Yeah, I I'm convinced he's seen he's seen some stuff like that. Yeah, it's, uh, the way he was talking about it, the way he was handling it uh, really makes me think that he knows what he's seeing and that there is some uh, history to this. There's more than it. this isn't a recent outbreak to him that he's. Yeah. The fact that he went with the headshots first and <laughs> talked about burning the bodies, like, clearly something is up. And I'm hoping we find out. 
you know, as much as I like the idea of the outbreak being a mystery, um, you know, learning a bit a bit more could be interesting. It would change things up. A yeah. Bit. Um. Yeah, and I think you know that would be kind of the I think a big draw at least in the, the second season. Like I can see this ending with Daniel finally being like, you know, I've seen this before, and then it ends, and then you're back for the second season to to find out more about it. Um. Uh, but we'll find out. Like there's there's definitely something there. He's, he said and has done too much to make me think there's not. Yep. No, I agree. And I, I you know, I, I, I guess there's a little double entendre there too, because he could have come from like as a refugee from like a warring nation as well. But I think that like I agree with you. There's just too many little things that go on in his storyline, and I hate to always go back and reiterate, but the headshots are are so pivotal, and us as viewers all know it's pivotal. And for him to just come out and do it, I mean, you, you sit there and see, you know, the struggle that, that Madison had trying to kill uh, Artie, the, the, the principal. And, you know, like people still aren't really appreciating really everything around them yet. Uh, so much so, again, that, that neighbor that's alive that was still dragging out his garbage, which I thought was interesting that Travis was doing the same. I wasn't sure if it was just to, like, get, like, you know, uh, the dead dog gone or whatever since they buried Peter the neighbor. Um, but, you know, it, it, that was interesting, especially amidst the helicopters that all of a sudden everybody swooped in, like, literally two seconds later. Uh, the, the, the I don't know if it was the Army or whomever, that you know, when they do the kill shot on Susan and, you know, all of a sudden they're taking over this one neighborhood. you got to, A, you would have to assume, and maybe this is a good segue into, like, you know, really the military presence since it was, like, the last, I don't know, five, six minutes of the, the show is that like you heard the helicopters. That was one thing we've heard the helicopters. Keep in mind the last two episodes. Now it happens to happen in their neighborhood. So do we assume that they've been going neighborhood by neighborhood like this already as we've been watching uh, and, and how like all of a sudden it's just like, boom, they drop in there with two double Huey helicopters and are just like eradicating anything around them. And, 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 you know, an, a follow-up question to that is, is like, all right, that seems like a relatively, you know, Gestapo way of doing things, but wouldn't you think that, like, as an initial threat, that would really sort of work, wouldn't you think? You know, like, maybe not everywhere, but in the, the heavily urban areas, if they go, like, you know, uh, subdevelopment by subdevelopment, you know, popping caps in every Susan that happens to be around there, you would think that they could sort of quell it to a, not a dull roar, and you, and you sort of felt that way with Travis saying, I think that, like, we'll be all right now at the end of the episode, is that you see the military everywhere. Uh, you would have to imagine that's how everybody feels. So I guess my question uh, to you, Brett, is, like, what do you think about the military showing up and just, like, in, in full on-scale, like, war support? And, you know, where do you, what do you think will happen the rest of the seat, the, the this season, the next three episodes, because there's obviously going to be a heavy military presence till you know Rick wakes up, and then we see the sandbags are, you know, gone and the tanks are empty except for people that have changed in them and whatnot. But you know, where does this go from here? Where do you think that like really we're at the beginning stages of of full on scale military presence? Where do you think that it goes in the next couple episodes? Well, it's a good question. Um, you know, from what we've seen in The Walking Dead, we don't know specifics, but we know the military made a stand. 
Um, when they were in the hospital, when uh, Beth got killed, they, they've talked a lot about the military making a stand. Eventually they fell and, and the city was abandoned. Um, so we know that happened at least in Atlanta. We have no idea what happened in the rest of the country. For all we know, um, there is still a thriving community uh, going on in, uh, in other places. Like Los Angeles, for all we know, is a walled city at this point, completely like fine and protected. So yep. I, I have no idea. Like It will be fascinating to see how much they want to split this from The Walking Dead. Um, you know, yep. that would be a one way to do it of having the military actually have their act together and wall things off and have them kind of build this enclave to survive. Um, you know, that would be one way to take the series. The other would be obviously as things hold out for a little while, eventually collapse and they're on the run again. Um, but again, that would be very much the walking dead. So the question would be is like, why, why would you have two series that are the same fucking thing of family? Yep wandering through uh, the desert trying to survive. So um, I think it w- we will see a bit more action and um, and control and things be a bit more um, handled correctly here than the, the latter idea of you know everyone scattering to the wind just because we've already seen it. So at yep. least the military kind of like making their last stand will be it'll be somewhat interesting. Because, you know, eventually they're going to sit there and start um, trying to recruit people. So, uh, you know, we've got uh, the two kids, not the two kids, the four kids, who uh, obviously the the military will try to recruit at some point to fight. Um, You know, maybe they would recruit Daniel. Maybe they'll recruit Travis. Like, who knows? Um, Or maybe they'll just recruit everybody. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be really, really fascinating to see where that goes. I, I think it'll be interesting to see them attempt to make a stand and and how they handle it. I mean, there's. I wish I knew more on the subject because I think it would be cool to talk about it. Is there's a whole thing about mm-hmm. a cities are built and especially like the national highway system and um, how a lot of it is done to quell riots and to help the military for this sort of stuff. Um, and make it difficult for, you know, invading co- countries, um, invading armies. So maybe there's something to that and that there is knowledge that they're able to go from, from neighborhood neighborhood. Um, we know that the national highway system was built uh, as partially to, uh, to help the military. Um, so we'll see. I think yep. it, you probably can go on forever. I, I really wish I knew more about, you know, yep. that particular subject because I think that will, uh, 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 yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, no, that'll, that'll that'll definitely play in. And I just wanted to remind anybody who's listening out there that you are listening to uh, Fear the Walking Fanboys. We are talking about the latest episode of Fear the Walking Dead, uh, the dogs, the dog, uh, and uh, our episode is aptly titled "The Dog What No Cats." There were no cats in this episode. Unfortunately, <laughs> dogs were hurt in this episode. And I wanted to remind people that if <laughs> if you wanted to uh, uh, tweet us your questions, please tweet us at. Uh, at Graphic Policy, all one uh, word for the, the, the handle. You're listening to uh, Brett Schenker of Graphic Policy, and my name is Ron Fighters. Also, if you're listening out there, if you want to dial us, there is a phone number that you can call us. It is area code 619-768-2952. 
feel free to uh, give us a buzz if you have any uh, questions or comments or thoughts, highlights on this episode. Uh, we have talked about things uh, such as the character development, especially the quick development of, of Daniel. We've also talked about uh, a bit of like sort of the, the, the craziness of the episode in regards to uh, things that we didn't feel uh, uh, were quite as real as we thought, like like weird gardens and people's backyards and, and trucks that happen to be impervious to anything riding. And we also talked about uh, a bit of uh, what was going on with uh, the neighbors and the zombies and the infection and what we really felt like was going on. And, and we just started talking about the military, and I wanted to jump in uh, where Brett was as uh, interested to see how it is. And I agree, we typically uh, soon start to make predictions about the next episode specifically, but we were talking about uh, what had occurred in regards to the military dropping in in those last six minutes, and where do we think this military is going to draw out in the in the last three episodes? Since we're now fifty percent of the way through the first season, uh, but fortunately and unfortunately, because it, it's a relatively short season, and then we'll get right into the Walking Dead. But my thoughts uh, specifically on this, and I'm intrigued by it, is really the 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 you know we saw the aftermath in the Walking Dead. We saw what Rick saw. Uh, going through Atlanta, another very large city that obviously probably went through something relatively similar uh, in the sense of like seeing tanks and sandbags and and just the overall military presence. We already saw the the the, the people trying to escape LA, uh, and I'm not sure if Kurt Russell was in there anywhere, but you know there was an escape from LA, and and the roads were completely backed up. It's, again, the same as what we saw when Rick was riding into, into Atlanta as well. Um, so I think the cool part about this now is we're starting to see all those little homages in finger quotes, real time as to what happened to get Rick into that apocalyptic world when he wakes up. And this is another step to that. And I think it's the most interesting step because, you know, we we've seen now that very quickly the municipal police force, started to figure it out you know they're filling up water bottles you know the, the cowards are filling up water bottles in their trunk and getting the hell out and the other ones are like popping caps in, in in homeless guys heads which are causing riots but you know they've already turned we know them as walkers now they don't know what the hell's going on they're just doing this but they're starting to get a real quick understanding with it and now we have the military sending in huge uh helicopters and we got to assume if it's happening in la it's happening in probably the larger you know the uh metropolitan areas of the country and they're dropping into this you know whatever this uh this sub-development is and just you know going house by house clearing out everything and obviously you know they're sort of treating it as a uh, full onslaught uh pandemic uh quarantine because if you notice susan's husband peter another peter shows up and uh you know, they ask, where did Peter go? And like, well, he had blood all over him. So who knows? They, they You know, I think we're going to get into a really interesting part of, and I don't want to get political here, but how far is too far with the military in the sense of like, all right, they're going to start taking over everything, obviously keeping people safe, but they're going to be caring about the people and the country, but also keeping the entire civilization safe so if you have any inkling that you may have gotten blood on you at this point you're probably going out back and i don't know if they're going to pen you up or shoot you or whatever happens but it's going to get probably into those dicey weird uncomfortable conversations uh, you know in our next episode as to 
what is the military really doing? I mean, are we going to see like napalm go through the center of town? You know, like how far is too far and how far is this going to go with the military presence trying to get this uh, under control? I don't want to say eradicated. Obviously, their point is going to be one eradication, but just under control where we have like these it's eventually going to turn into zombie hordes because those riots are just like a cesspool of like turning zombies into zombies. Um, but you know, how far is too far when you're taking military action against your own people and, and what is that downfall? I think that is really going to be the interesting, interesting, uh, dynamic because we've gotten the interpersonal dynamic of the people in our team. Obviously, you know, the, the walking dead is a, is a case study on human nature and, and, and how people interact. But I think that like now we're going to get into sort of that uncomfortable, military presence how comfortable is too comfortable or too uncomfortable uh on your own soil so that that's my thoughts brett i think that that's really going to be the the thing and and like you had mentioned with the uh the roads all being built for like military presence and whatnot it sort of makes it easy but it also makes it difficult when you think about all those roads are tied up too because all the people are trying to get the hell out so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it was obviously the roads weren't too bad because Peter got home from the airport, and God knows if you're driving the 405 from LAX into that part of town, it's terrible, terrible, especially during rush hour. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a it's a really interesting point that you bring up. Um, you know, we've kind of seen it slightly touched on with the the hospital um, thing with Beth. On The Walking Dead, so I don't know how much they're willing they're going to be talking about you know military intrusion as opposed to just military trying to do their jobs. Uh, I do think it's a little weird that they are they're going. I don't know the layout of L.A. I think that's part of the issue, but to be going through like neighborhoods like that just seems like a very odd thing. You think that they would want to do uh, almost like a command and control in that you start from the center of L.A. and you work your way out building kind of a, a radius out. So LA you know, is an interesting I, geographic area. I, I've, I've worked there. I, I have an office out there and it's sort of like on one side you have, and, and LA is technically a bunch of major cities that are all just sort of sprawled out. It, it's the epitome of urban sprawl. Um, and even worse. So they don't have like a, a very big uh, a presence for uh like a metro rail or anything like that. They're 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 just like a bunch of highways. So it is possible that they're quartering it off between these quadrants of highways. And to, but uh, geographically speaking, to one side you have the ocean, to the other side you basically have the valleys that go on there, and it sort of exists in its own little like realm. So the way that like sort of like these subdevelopments are, it is exactly that. that I wouldn't doubt if they're actually in L.A. someplace like. The way that it, like, indicates, I, I don't see any, like, I'm watching right now, I don't see any bars on, like, windows or anything like that, but, I mean, yeah, here comes the sketchy guy putting up. Do they have bars on the windows? Yeah, there was one on oh, the windows. Oh, yeah, there's some bars on the windows. Yeah, there's bars on the windows, and there's sketchy guy. They could live in, like, a, you know, a Compton or, you know, some area like that where, I mean, you're just literally on the outskirts of town right. and everything's sort of on top of itself. So it it, it, it is feasible. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I if I knew the city, I think a bit more, I'd probably have a lot more intelligent things to say about it, um, and understand that a little more. More, but I, it's one city I've actually never been to. Um, hopefully, get there someday. So I, I think it's a little interesting. It just to me militarily, 
it just does not seem like a good strategy. Um, but you know, it's not like I've served at all, so I I don't freaking know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting like that. It's really I think it's kind of fascinating to. Um, it, I think it will be fascinating to see how the military handles it all and like where they go from there. Like, what exactly are they doing uh, to try to like gain uh, yep. control again? Yeah, and I'm wondering how they're sort of like uh, sort of the paring down. I don't want to say paring down society because that sounds like they're just offing people. But you know, what are their criteria right now? They have like you know, obviously uh, Peter gets blood from his wife on him, so now all of a sudden he's thrown into quarantine or wherever they're sending him, even though we know that that doesn't do anything. You know, you got to wonder if, like, they're going to be suspicious of any bandage. Uh, and one thing that, like, you know, uh, we noticed near the end is that Travis had a bandage on his hand, and we don't really know. I don't remember what happened with the bandage on his hand, if he, like, just punched something or, or whatever. But he had he had a bandage on his hand, so I don't know if that's going to come to play at some point. Um, but, you know, with the military, you got to wonder if they're going to, like, sit there and go, huh, what's going on here? to any simple bandage, like, did you get bit? And one thing that, like, you know, thinking of things that we don't see, the daughter right now, you know, did she get bit when uh, Susan was grabbing her? Because we never really see, and they never they never really check. And that's one thing that Walking Dead always has me suspicious of, is when I don't see something, something else could happen, unless I see explicitly that, like, there was a kill shot in somebody's head, all right, he's dead, he's not coming back, whatever. You know, so those are, like, the little questions that I have for, like, this episode and moving forward uh, is, like, you know, all right, what happened there? What did I miss? You know, who's did, did somebody get bit or not bit or, you know, what's going on? Because that's going to play important because all of a sudden we're probably going to see some fevers and stuff like that. I mean, we're going to have to see that, right? I mean, we're not just going to see uh, her boyfriend, what was his name, Matt, uh, as the only one with, like, getting bit and, and having a fever, yeah, um, that that's gonna be interesting. I think that's gonna be actually be a lot of the tension with the military. Uh, you know, yep. definitely be flipping out, and the, anyone that has any like minor signs of infection, they're going to flip out and start grabbing people. Like the Salazar's, uh, the the mother's obviously going to get snatched at some point. Uh, and that's yep. gonna create. You know, like I can I can easily see this the plot line of the story being military grabs her. They say fuck it. And uh, all of them band together to go kidnap her and get their get her away from the military. Um, mm-hmm. You know that is, that writes itself, and it seems to be very no brainer. Um, but yeah, I I think we're, that's going to be a big chunk of the next couple episodes is watch the military going over the top and grabbing people and throwing them in jail, or not jail, throwing them in jail, but like having them disappear. Which again, like, is this a metaphor for for terrorism and grabbing people, or yep. is it just a metaphor of people overreacting to everything, every minor thing? Yep. Um, I mean, this it, is interesting in that in three episodes, you can seriously like debate each one and the metaphors and what they stand and the themes and all that a hell of a lot. It seems to be very consistent about all of them uh, so far, which I'm liking a lot. I think that it's really solid. So I guess in that instance, since we're talking now and we've gotten to the, uh, like, really, like, everything that's happened in this episode and whatnot, like, where do we see 
the next episode specifically myopically going. We've now talked about where we think the military will go and the dynamics and things like that. But specifically now, you know, they gave us like a little teaser at the end of this episode of like, you know, definitely more military interaction. But like, how far do we think are they going to go? Because they've been going at a, a, a rapid pace. You know, like, how far does this go already? Are we going to see, like, some like some fire bombings or something like that going on? Or are we just going to really get, like, into, like, a, I don't want to say a lull, but more of, like, a, a centralized myopic. We, we supposedly have this, this neighborhood under control. I'm doing finger quotes. I know nobody else can see me doing it. But finger quotes, we have this neighborhood under control. Let's move on type thing. Uh, like, where do you think that the next episode will go? Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. The the things that I really think is going to be going on that's uh, going to be heavy is we're going to be kind of seeing the black bagging of people. I think that's going to be a mm. huge thing coming forward. Uh, you know, the the person coughing or showing some signs, they're going to be grabbed and taken off. Um, and not necessarily the, the military kind of like, I know you're describing like, oh, they're kind of coming in and taking over. I think it's not them necessarily doing that. It's them doing their job and doing it right and proper um, and taking the, the proper precautions, but it, that precautions are so over the top um, that it's going to create paranoia with everyone, and I, and I think that's going to be the rapid change. And I agree with you. Is, you know, the first episode was this really slow burn. The second one picked up, and this third one just went into afterburn. Um, and I think we're going to see that more, and it's going to, I think, morph from the horror vibe that's going on to a much more psychological thriller, which will be fascinating. Um it will be, it's going to be cool. Um, you know, that, I mean, that's really where I, I think things are going to be at is very much a, a, this, this, almost a psychological thriller uh, at this point with the military just grabbing people um, that they think are infected or threats or whatever. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. And uh, uh, one thing I was uh, reading up on to try to formulate my thought on it uh, two from this was uh, if, and I, I encourage everybody out there, and I do this every week. Uh, if you get a chance to watch this show with the story sync that AMC offers, I highly encourage it because every week they give a uh, an Easter egg, really. And the first week they gave a few Easter eggs, and this week, uh, sure enough, they give another Easter egg. It was like right near the end of the, right when the military showed up. Um, they sent a, uh, from the seal of the governor of the state of California, an executive order in regards to what's, uh, what's happening. They actually says beginning on whatever date, the state of California was impacted by a contagion that brought exacerbated death tolls, a significant increase in violent crimes and excess of biological hazardous waste. And they go through like this whole thing of like, what is to do? Uh, it's caused mass hysteria resulting in widespread power outages to tens of thousands of homes, nursing homes, and businesses. So basically this is a, a uh, executive order that, that it's empowering the municipality, uh, the police forces, and the, the government uh, more so uh, that they're, you know, they're grounding all uh, air transportation. They're banning commuter travel. One of the interesting things that I thought was actually interesting, which is where I think the next episode or at least the next two episodes may go is the fact that uh they're they're talking about uh where is it right here hold on one second is that uh i authorize empower instrumentally uh where is it uh i know that it said that basically it says in here someplace that they, they you know that uh it's okay for emergency management to uh 
evacuate any residence dwelling building structure uh, in the course of this emergency and then also uh, to uh, move people into any uh, uh, place that the state of California owns to house shelters. So I got a feeling that we're going to start to see really, all right, we've cleared out everything. Let's get these refugees to what we would call like, you know, school 46 that happens to be the state of California refugee camp. And, and that might be even why it spreads even more so because, you know, they'll, they'll figure out like, all right, let's, let's house all these people. And then people still get sick. And they die in there. And now all of a sudden you've basically given a, a centralized feeding ground for anybody that turns, you know? Um, yep. So I think that that, that might be where uh, part of it. I don't know if it happens next episode, but I got a feeling probably, and, and keep in mind, like you had said, this could possibly be against people's will. Like think about like Daniel Salazar, who's like, I know what I want to do. I want to get the hell out. I'm going to here. And now the government's there and they're going to be like, Haha, no, no, no. We know what's better for you you're going to go here because we can keep the, the rest of the nation safe because you're in school 46. I don't know why I picked school 46. It's just sort of popped in there. But uh, I think that like based upon this little like teaser and I, I encourage everybody to go out there and, and maybe we'll post the teaser to the, uh, the, the, the Facebook page and or the, uh, the Twitter page so that people uh, can read it themselves at their own leisure. But uh, you know, maybe you can get through that. So uh, that, that's where I think it'll go a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where the the uh, yeah. I mean, it's all logical. We're going to see. Um, it, you know, it's somewhat predictable. Um, yeah, it's stuff that we we've seen before, right? I mean, we've yeah. seen this in movies, and like you had mentioned, there's so much homage to to horror movies that we we've seen this before. We've seen where government like out, oversteps its bounds for the sake of saving humanity. So we're all going to do this. But I guess like, you know, where we are, where we come in and say, all right, that's all well and good. What is, what is Kirkman and all of them going to do when they write this to change it up? Because we don't want to see the same thing. And they, I think they've done a, a brilliant job in changing it just a little bit where there is enough like that we recognize is what's going on as a horror story, but they throw their little twist on it where you're like, it, it's, I mean, it's not an M night Shyamalan twist where you're like, really? Really, that's what you're doing. It, it, you know, you feel like it's going to be stereotypical, but I think that it, like it takes some realism uh, in this plot line that that really sets this apart from like being the stereotypical uh, horror story that could be overdo it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. So I think it'll be very interesting to see where it goes, and you know, thankfully we don't have to wait a week. No more. Uh, skipped weeks again, so I think we're here on out yep. going through the, uh, the finale, so that's good. Uh, we're a little over the, the hour, which uh, and I think you're kind of inside uh, probably. Blame it on them. They went six minutes over. It's not our fault. <laughs> I'm not even done with my, I'm not done with my drink yet. Speaking of which, uh, what, are you, what are you drinking this fine evening, Brett? I'm not right now. I, I did not even think about it. I'll be drinking for next episode. I will make Shame. Sure Shame. Yeah. yeah, I screwed up on that <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, it's, so it's <laughs> we'll definitely, and then when we do live, we'll absolutely be drinking. Um, so yeah, I think that's actually, oh, that's, a, that's a good plug for our last show that we will yeah. be live with the show. So yeah, if you want to plug that and what is that? Two weeks, three weeks, three weeks. Uh, yeah, we still got to figure out how the hell we're going to pull that one off. But, uh, once we have logistics and it pull, you know, really kind of come together, um, obviously we're going to be doing the next two episodes kind of as normal. Uh, the finale is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to actually try to do it live as the show goes. We're not going to be talking during the episode. I'm thinking maybe we'll we'll be like 
muting things and then coming back in between the ads. Uh, we'll see. I, I have no idea. Um, I'm still trying to figure this one out myself. So if anyone has suggestions, feel free to reach out. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I think that should is a good spot to, to wrap up uh, another episode of Fear the Walking Fanboys. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Of course, this will be up on SoundCloud tomorrow. We'll be posting this on uh, Graphic Policy probably tomorrow as well once it goes up on SoundCloud. So you can catch it on demand. It's also going to be on Stitcher. It'll be on iTunes. Uh, of course, your blog talk radio. Uh, you'll be able to download it and take it on demand if you missed anything and want to listen again. Because, um, you know, we're so smart. You're going to want to listen to it three or four times. I understand this. I do. Uh, I do. I do every day. Every yeah. day I listen to what we just said. Yep, I'm loop. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good spot to end. Uh, appreciate you listening. I'm Brett, and thank you, Ron, for joining, as always. Um, really looking forward no to the episode. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and, again, everyone, you can catch us every single day at graphicpolicy.com. Um, get all the, the Walking Dead news. The latest uh, issue is out this past week. We'll have a review up hopefully tomorrow or the day after the latest um, to keep you apprised of that. So, Again, thanks for listening. You can catch us next week. We're going to be back on the air live right after the uh, episode of uh, Fear the Walking Dead ends. And uh, so catch us next week and uh, make sure you are prepared for the zombie apocalypse. So until then, thanks for listening and catch you later. Good night, Lucille.